0: chapter fifteen of house garden and field by l c meal this librivox recording is in the public domain rats and mice if you were suddenly called upon to define a rat or a mouse you would come off pretty well if you were to say that it was a small quadruped with short hair clawed feet and a long tail the zoologists would not consent however to put into one family nor even into one order all the animals which exhibit these characters he would point out that some of them are sharply distinguished from the rest as rodent or gnawing animals by the structure and arrangement of their teeth. In a rodent, the incisors or front teeth are long and chisel-edged, grow perpetually at the base, and are separated by a wide interval from the teeth next behind, which are always grinders, the canines or eye-teeth being undeveloped. Rats and mice are rodents, but the shrew, though popularly called a field mouse, is not a mouse, nor even a rodent the shrew has incisors which are not greatly prolonged and do not continue to grow at the base canine teeth are present and there is no conspicuous gap between the incisors and the grinders rats mice voles squirrels rabbits and guinea pigs are familiar examples of the rodent order rats and mice differing in this from all other common european rodents have long bare tails with rings of overlapping scales the voles which are often called by such names as field-mouse or water-rat have short hairy-tails it is only in comparatively modern times that mankind has dwelt in houses constructed so as to give facilities for the parasitic life of rats and mice during the middle ages an englishman's house was one-storied and had no floor but hard-trodden earth there were no ceilings with floors above no wainscotes, no holes for water-pipes no drains and it is easy to understand that there were then no house rats while mice were chiefly found in barns as houses became more elaborate and trade between distant countries frequent three sorts of rats and mice came to abound in our houses and all three have now spread to distant parts of the earth they came to us from the far east india or china the domestic mouse came first though little is known as to the time and manner of its coming even so late as the twelfth century we had no rats, and it is said that there is no ancient name for a rat in any European language. The first rat to enter Western Europe was the black rat, a species of small size, only seven or seven and a half inches long, of iron grey color, paler beneath, with a tail longer than the body, and ears half as long as the head. This was the rat or ratan of old England, the rat of the witches in Macbeth, and of Pierce Ploughman. It was of gentler disposition than the rats which are now so familiar. Some of my readers can testify to this, for the pied or white rats kept as pets are usually varieties of the old black rat. In seventeen twenty seven, another rat, new to Europe, settled in vast numbers upon the Volga, as we learn from the Russian naturalist Pallas. This species is generally quoted as the brown rat, but it has several aliases, such as the grey rat, the Norway rat, and the Hanover rat its native country has been pretty clearly made out to be western china it is lighter in color than the black rat the ears and tail are relatively shorter and it measures nine or ten inches in length instead of seven or seven and a half the brown rat is a bold and enterprising animal of great versatility feeding upon grain fish flesh or carrion it takes readily to the water and swims well not uncommonly haunting ditches and streams and sometimes burrowing in the bank like a water vole. In the Hebrides, it is said to live upon shellfish and crustacea. It defends itself against cats and dogs, bites sleeping animals, and is particularly destructive to young waterfowl. No lurking place is too cheerless for it to settle in, and no rival has hitherto been able to stand against it. From the extreme east of Russia, the brown rat spread rapidly over Europe by the middle of the eighteenth century it had become a familiar pest along the baltic and the mediterranean as well as in every part of england by the beginning of the american war it had made its way across the atlantic there is now no important country in any part of the world which does not harbor the brown rat everywhere the black rat has given way before it and a chance specimen is now a zoological curiosity to be kept alive in a cage or set up in a museum our domestic rats and mice are remarkably prolific bringing forth several litters in a year the young are blind and hairless and are reared in concealed nests lined by shreds of any soft material which the mother is able to procure can any one tell us what is the special use of the long scaly tail of the true rats and mice several explanations have been offered but we want some kind of proof that they are founded on fact the long-tailed field mouse and the harvest mouse are both real mice and quite different from either voles or shrews. They never enter houses, though the long-tailed field mouse is common in barns during the winter. End of chapter 15